any of you, if you have any room, uh, I want to invite, if, if any of you, if you have any room in your pews, if you could squeeze a little bit, we've got people standing all around the edges. Um, we all put on deodorant this morning, so it's all good, right? And so if any of you guys are on the edges, you want to make your way, please don't be bashful uh, to come find a seat. Warm welcome to all of you who uh, maybe aren't normally here at Lourdes. And just hearing um, our responsorial psalm today, that was so beautiful. And I just, I want to make a little bit of a pitch to you. It reminded me, St. Augustine says, he talks about his experience of becoming a Christian. And he talks about how the, the music was so beautiful that it brought him to tears when he would come to Mass. And I just want you to know, if you're not normally going to church, we miss you. There's something powerful about a church full of voices. A church that has people singing because they love God. And I always, at this Mass, it's like you can feel it. And I just want you to know you're missed. If you're not going to Mass regularly, please come back. Today we're going to do our stewardship of time and talent. Uh, and so at the end of your pews, there, there's kind of some sheets. And I want you to just fill those out at your leisure. We'll do that at the end of the, the homily. Uh, but we're going to talk today about the mystery of time. This is so important. What is stewardship? A, a steward is someone who has something that doesn't belong to them. And that's a fundamental Christian attitude, and we're going to talk about that today. That all of us in our lives, the, the normal temptation each one of us has is to really think that whatever happens in our life and whatever we might possess really belongs to us. Our time, our possessions, our money, our family, all those things we kind of think of as ours. But someone who has come to really understand who God is and lives their life in light of that knows that none of those things actually belong to them. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today, and especially about that gift of time. So I want to start today, I want to read to you a quote. I read this last year if you read this homily, but uh, repetition is the mother of learning, so it bears repeating. Sheldon Van Aken says this, he says, and he's speaking of time. He says, not only are we harried by time, we seem unable, despite a thousand generations, even to get used to it. We are always amazed at it. How fast it goes, how slowly it goes, how much of it is gone. Where we cry, has the time gone? We aren't adapted to it, we're not at home in it. If that is so, it may appear as a proof or at least a powerful suggestion that eternity exists and it is our home. Isn't that the truth? And I saw her principal. She's here somewhere. I forget where she's at. She doesn't want to show me because I'll embarrass her. There she is. Okay. Let's talk about Rosemary. <laughs> but right before Mass, you know, I saw her principal in it. 
it's so funny, we're starting school. And I know you parents and you kids especially, every time the fall starts, we can't believe it, can we? School starting again, summer went so fast. Time is such a strange thing. And as we grow up, it goes faster and faster and faster. And it's one of the strangest things about being a human being. And most of us don't think very frequently about that. We know it's the case, but we, we never stop and think deeply about what is the meaning of time. I look at Father Mike. He still looks like he's 18. <laughs> but he, <laughs> this is like the rule in my community is when you come to one of your brother priest church, we get to make fun of you. And he doesn't have a church, so you're, you're in a bad spot, brother. But it's funny, I met, I met Father Mike, what, 12 years ago, roughly, and it's just flown by. We were looking, there's pictures in my house of our community, and Father Mike and I were two of the founders, and back then I looked like I was 18, he was like six, you know, it's like, it's crazy. We're not comfortable with time, and we need to think about that. And one of the most important things that you and I have to deal with as Christians, and just as human beings, is that your time will end. Your time will end. If you come to Master, you know that one of my favorite quotes is from a guy named Stanley Hauerwas. And he says, Americans are always trying to figure out a way to get out of life alive. Good luck. But we don't think about that. And when we do... It can actually sober us up. It can help us to think straight. Psalm 39 says this. Beautiful prayer. It says, Lord, let me know my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. Behold, you have made my days a few handbreadths and my lifetime is as nothing in your sight. Surely every man stands as a mere breath. Most people don't think about that. Most of us, and Christians usually, we're not too different. The normal thing is for us to go through life and we're so distracted. We don't stop and really think about what is life about? How much time do I have? How should I be using my time? We're so busy with the things around us that we're just running around all the time. And what oftentimes happens is people reach a certain point in their life, this is part of what I think a midlife crisis is about, is they have a wake-up moment. And they realize that they only have so much time, and they wonder if all the things they thought were so important, if they really mattered or not. And all the things I, I have stress and anxiety about. Am I just arranging the deck chairs on the Titanic? And people think that. And it's a good question. Brothers and sisters, once we stop, once you and I as Christians, so important, once we realize that our time is short, we don't have enough, no matter how long you live, whether it's short or long, you're going to say like, okay, that's was, that was good, all right, that was right. 
You're going to say, Lord, I want real life. I want to live forever. And that will become more and more real as you get closer. So once we think about that, once we, we try to realize, we say, Jesus, what a mystery. A hundred years from now, I will not be alive. And all the things that I think are so important right now, will they matter? Once we think about that and we pause, there's different attitudes you and I can have towards our time. A couple different attitudes. The first one that we can have, and this is some people, this is usually like the philosophers. You ever meet like philosophy students? If they don't become Christians, they usually end up tending towards despair. And so a lot of people who study philosophy and they realize their time is short and they're going to die, they say there's, it's, it's all futile. What's it for? Why does it matter? If I can't live on, why live? A lot of us, what we do, and this, this is also kind of a normal response on the opposite end, is we say, I don't have enough time. And then you get out of college, remember when you were in college and you thought you were busy, right? And you're like, oh, I'm so busy. And you're like, man, I can only play like video games for three hours today, right? And then you, then you get a real job and then you get married or you become a priest and you're like, oh my goodness, I never knew what busyness was. When we run out of time, we start to grasp it. And we try to control it. I do this, I, I remember like one of my normal feelings towards this is my life is so busy as a priest, I, have to, I need to cut some things out. But on Sundays, between this Mass and the 6 p.m. Mass, that's like Father Brian time, right? Don't mess with it. That's Father Brian time. And it's, it's a time that I really try to just rest and relax, maybe read a book, maybe get on my slack line because I'm a Colorado priest, have a beer, whatever. But it's my time. And if, if somebody calls me during that time, right, if I get like a sick call or somebody's like, hey, Father Brian, we need you to do this, I resent them and judge them immediately. Right? <laughs> so easy to do. And if you have that attitude, brothers and sisters, it's so easy, it's so normal for us to say, this is mine. I don't have enough of it. I don't have enough time in my life. And so I'm going to grab it and I'm going to fill it with awesome things. I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. It's a big thing these days, right? More and more, one of my friends, she always says that her generation is so big on experiences. They realize they don't have time and so we're going to go do awesome things. We're going to go climb in the Himalayas and we're going to river raft in South America and, and all these things. That's the second attitude. But neither of those are Christian. Neither. What's the Christian attitude? Brothers and sisters, when people, I always, you hear me talk recently a lot about funerals. When people die, you know, so many times it's so interesting the ways people speak. They say, well, this person lives on in our hearts. And the things they did carry on. And I always think at funerals, I think, I don't want to live on in someone's mind and heart. I want to live forever. 
That's what I want. I don't just want to be a memory. I want to live. And a Christian believes in that promise. And so the Christian attitude towards time, brothers and sisters, is to surrender it to God. The Christian knows that he doesn't have to cling to his time because Jesus Christ owns eternity. Right, Lord, I don't, I don't have to, to hang on to these things because if I surrender them to you, you have promised me eternal life. A lot of people who don't believe in the resurrection, they think Jesus was this nice guy, and they'll say, oh, that Jesus, he gave great teachings. So tragic, his life was just cut short. Age 33. But Jesus didn't have that response. He had faith. This is why, brothers and sisters, these stewardship weekends are not just, hey, I need help. I do need help. That's not what it's about. The way you use your time is an indicator of just how Christian you are. It doesn't mean you have to be a lector or Eucharistic minister. But in your home with your family, do you ever open the scriptures? When you go to bed at night, do you pray? What do you fill your time with? You can talk all you want. People can talk a great Christian talk. But brothers and sisters, show me where you spend your time and your money, and I'll show you what matters to you. And that's the simple truth. So a Christian has that freedom. A Christian is able to say, Lord, I don't know everything, but I have a faith, a promise, an eternal life. And Jesus could surrender his life on the cross because he knew that the Father was trustworthy. He knew that in the Father was life and that he could trust in that. He could surrender. Many of you also know, one of my favorite quotes is uh, from Thomas Merton. Thomas Merton says, the key to life is discerning the difference between what is urgent and what is important. The key to life is discerning the difference between what is urgent and and what is important. How do you spend your time? Do you spend it on things that are urgent? I have all kinds of urgent things in my life. I don't have too many important things. And most of the time what happens is the urgent drives out the important. There's no due date in your calendar for becoming a saint or for knowing what the Gospel of John is all about. Those are hugely important things. Hugely important. And in a hundred years, all those things that you and I thought were, were so, such big deals, no one will remember them. But what will matter is your soul and what you did with it. That's what time's about. The key to life is discerning the difference between what is urgent and what is important. And my invitation simply to you this morning, brothers and sisters, is today you should spend some time. 
and you should look at your life and you should say, what's important to me? What really matters in my life? What do I think are the things that I should be living for? And then look at your time. And does your life really reflect that? So important. I'm going to invite you in the next few minutes to pull out those cards. If you, and of all the ministries, we narrowed it down to five ministries on there. Pick a ministry, get involved, just pick one. Of all the ones on there, the most important one is prayer. If you have not committed to learning how to pray, that is more important than anything on there. That relationship with Christ. I'm going to give you a few minutes to to do that. We're going to have the ushers come by in a minute uh, to pick up those cards. Uh, But I really encourage you. And also, if you're not going to sign up for a ministry today, that's okay. But I would urge you to fill out the information for us. It really helps our database. It helps us to know who's coming to Mass here. It helps us to um, save money on mailings and all kinds of things. So please fill that out. We'll take a few minutes. But Jesus... Lord, we trust you. And our simple prayer this morning, Lord, help us to know the shortness of our life so we might be wise, we might grow in wisdom, and then we might surrender our time to you.